empowered by the Constitution, strengthened by the Bill of Rights, the American citizen was bestowed with the power and responsibility of civic engagement. Today, your voice is needed now more than ever, yet barriers stand in the way. How to start, where to begin, it can be confusing and overwhelming. We're here to help you take that leap, breaking down those barriers, providing you with the tools and knowledge to take on civics undaunted. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Patrick here with another solo cast. I have been doing some traveling this month and haven't been able to get all the guests lined up. So I want to take some time to outline in the front end what's coming up next for the podcast in general, uh, what this episode's going to be about. And go on a journey with you for preparing for an election. So, first and foremost, um, I am in the process right now of identifying the topics and subjects that I want to talk about next and getting some guests to come in. So, be prepared for some more solo casts in the future. And hopefully we'll have a rotation of guests coming up soon. Just need to book them and get the right subject matter experts for everyone. Because coming up next, I really want to focus on the educational side of civic engagement and learning about the different issues, things like the Constitution. Uh, Oddly enough, economics is a big one when it comes to civic education, um, public policy, how legislation occurs, you know, how activism plays a role in that. So those are a lot of, um, a lot of the subjects that I want to tackle. There's actually a ton more, but if I list the whole thing, you will get bored very quickly with this introduction. So I'll cap it off there. In terms of this episode, I'm going to focus really on uh, two things. Uh, one is how civic engagement can look like during the election season. I think we are about 60 days now from the November elections. And then also how to learn about your different candidates. Lastly, I just want to remind everybody to go and check your voter registration status. Make sure that you are registered to vote. You can go to vote411 to type in your name and address, and it'll tell you if you are registered or not. And then just make sure you're registered to vote in November. So civic engagement during an election season. Really, for me, once you get down into this 60, 90 days before an election, the focus turns from the long-term work to the short-term work, because now you need to get the candidates that you want into office. You need to get voters to the polls, um, and how can you go about 
accomplishing that. Really, there are three things that pop into my mind. One is campaign involvement. Two is your personal sphere of influence. And three is attending events. For campaign involvement, this one, we've talked about it a bunch on the podcast in the past. It is basically find a candidate, be them a statewide candidate, a state rep candidate, a local candidate for town council, whatever's running, whoever is running for election this cycle, and reach out to them. Reach out to their campaign. They probably have a website with some contact information and say, I would love to get involved. And then you can go and volunteer, make phone calls, knock on doors, hand out flyers. Who knows what they may need, what they may not need. But that is the directest, most direct way to influence a campaign is to just be involved with it, right? Second, personal influence. Once you kind of know who you're supporting and why, why is always an important thing to understand. And I will say why that is important in a second. You can use your personal sphere of influence. So you can talk to your family. You can talk to your friends. You can kind of advocate for them in your just normal social circles. You know, if you're in a bowling league, if you have a weekly card game, whatever it is. You can talk about, you know, what are the issues affecting the town, the state, whatever it is, and say, oh, yeah, I really am looking forward to, you know, Delilah Brown campaign. I hope she gets elected because her focus is really going to be on improving our school systems. You know, the best way with personal influence is to have a couple of policies rather than just touting a candidate themselves. And the reason why I recommend that is in our world, very often the name of the candidate gets really boiled down to what party they are a member of. And so if everybody knows that Delilah Brown is a Democrat, they will have an instant filter of what they are, what they stand for, without really understanding the nuance of the personal policy that they're advocating for. So if you know that what they are advocating for in the school system is something that would really benefit your kids and your friends' kids, you can talk about it from that angle. And then by the time you mention the candidate's name, there will be a lot less resistance to the party affiliation, because now they understand what's actually being advocated for. And then the third one is you can attend events, be them debates, campaign events. Um, you know, sometimes there are just fundraising events where you can just kind of meet people, talk about it, learn a little bit, and you can take what you learn at those events and pull it up into your personal sphere of influence conversations or your campaign involvement. The big tips that I would give for engagement during election season are you need to meet people where they are at. So if you are knocking doors, 
You're going to meet a lot of different people. And instead of going and pushing, you know, what you are thinking, what the campaign is thinking, you want to listen to them and see where they're at and then meet them there. Nobody likes to be talked to. They want to feel heard. Second, in that same vein, you need to be willing and open to not being heard or not being listened to. I have knocked on many doors and have had many people say, no, thank you, close the door right away. I've had a couple instances of doors being slammed in my face, but for the most part, it really is a polite declination. But just be willing and open to the fact that some people will not want to hear what you have to say, and that's okay. It's not any indication of the work you're doing not being worthwhile or meaningful. Three, be passionate about what you're doing. If you're going to volunteer for a campaign, believe in the candidate. I personally only campaign for people who I truly enjoy and know that they will do a good job. I'm passionate. I want to see them in office. So passion, I feel, is a really big part of being engaged. And then lastly, know that you do not need to do everything. You don't need to phone bank, text, knock doors, hand out flyers, you know, talk it up amongst your friends. You don't have to do everything. You just need to do some things and pick the ones that either scare you the least or that you find the easiest and just do those things because every little bit helps when it comes down to these last 60 days. Electing someone to office is an important duty of the American citizen. And I feel that too many of us do not know the proper way to vet and obtain information on who's running for office, what they stand for, and what I want to do here is give you all a actionable piece of information that you can take and either do your own election prep or take it and run through the election prep and help others with this same process. So I'm going to try something here that may or may not work in an audio format, but I randomly picked one of the cities in North Carolina, and I'm going to run through a fictional example of how you can get prepared for an election and how quickly it can take. Um, the only prep I have done for this is I've pulled up all the websites that I'm going to use. I haven't typed anything into it. And I also went and I picked a random house in New Bern, North Carolina that is on Zillow. And I'm running on the assumption that we just moved there and that I know nothing about the area, the elections, the issues, and I've just registered to vote. 
So from there, I'm just going to go and run through what I would normally do if I would be preparing for an election myself or helping a friend prepare for an election. So first and foremost, I would go to vote 411. I would put in my street address, which in this case is on Old Vanceboro Road in New Bern, North Carolina. And then type in zip code, hit submit. And what vote 401 brings up for me is when the next election date is, November 8th, uh, gives me the registration deadlines of October 14th of 2022. And then it also brings up a personalized ballot and candidate information guide. So all I have to do is choose my language, pick go to my races, and then it gives me everything that is on the ballot. So in Newburn, North Carolina, you have a Senate race, a House of Representatives race, Four Court of Appeals judge seats, one Superior Court judge, a District Attorney, and then two other Associate Justice seats on the Supreme Court. Well, that's interesting that they elect the Supreme Court, um, North Carolina Supreme Court. So from there, on Vote 401, actually, it's really great. You can just click on the individual race and get all of the people that are on the ballot. Um, I'm not going to click through all of them on here, but just because I'm curious, I'll click on one of the Supreme Court seats. And it shows that you can vote for Richard Dietz or Lucy Inman. And then it actually goes and gives a position philosophy statement for each their campaign mailing address. So if you want to get involved in that campaign, you can have all the information you need, uh, website, emails. It's actually pretty, pretty more, more robust than I expected. Um, so then you can use that to decide who you want to vote for. And you can kind of fill out a sample ballot and then, as you move through and pick who you want to vote for, I'm just clicking through them all real quickly to see what it looks like on the end. It should give you a sample for what your ballot should look like that you can bring into, yeah. Yeah, so then you can print this out and know who you're voting for and just really make things a lot easier. So one of the other websites I use, in addition to Vote411, which has really upped their game since the last time I used it a couple years ago, um, is Ballotpedia, which very similarly does the 
same thing. Um, it usually gives a little bit more detail. I find Ballotpedia a lot more useful during a primary season. Because it gives all the candidates. It'll tell you who your current federal officials are, including um, people who aren't up for office. And it also provides ballot measures, which it looks like there aren't really any ballot measures. Um, in this election, but and then from there, once you kind of know who is running for office, what you also want to do is go to um your city hall or if your state has a specific uh, website. looks like North Carolina has a State Board of Elections website. So you can go to there, type in your address. So I'm typing in the old Mansboro Road address. And then submit, and very quickly, I now know that I will be voting in the Bridgeton Precinct, and that my voting location is 200 St. Delights Church Road in Newburn, North Carolina. And this North Carolina website is actually really cool. It uh, has pictures of what the parking situation is like, what the building looks like, so you can really understand where you need to go. That's actually really cool. So now through Vote411, Ballotpedia, and either the voting location website or your city hall website, you go to the register of voters, you can find out everything you need for who's on the ballot, what they are uh, about in a big picture way, you know, for, for one, one, it looked like a lot of the information was from either the candidates on websites or from surveys they'd done with nonprofit groups. Like I think, um, for this race, it was from the League of Women Voters had some survey data. And then what you also want to do is the number one best way to get information about local candidates is go to local newspapers. So, once again, just moved to Newburn, North Carolina. So I searched Newburn, North Carolina local papers. Looks like their paper is the Sun Journal. Quick shout out to local journalism. I cannot express enough how important local journalism is in a world that is so dominated by the nationalization of politics. You will learn so much more about what is going on in a community 
and where the candidates stand on those most important issues than in local journalism, especially for smaller races, your city council, mayor, state reps. Those are the ones where local journalism is far and away the most important thing. But also conversely, you know, if you're someone who is interested in politics and civic in general in all areas, you know, the Bernie Sanders of the world who have that nationwide name recognition, you're going to find stories about them in the bigger newspapers. But you will not find any national... Um, you will not find any national headlines, national articles on Senator Mike Crapo from Idaho, right? You'd have to go to an Idaho local newspaper to learn about what they're doing for their state in their state. So that's the power of local journalism. Sidebar there, but I'm just a huge proponent of local newspapers. Anyway, back to the Sun Journal. I'm on that website. You can pretty much just go and search for your candidates. So going back to the Supreme Court Associate Justice seat that we were looking at earlier, I can just go to the search bar, type in Richard Dietz, and there are two articles on him that I can read. Go in and you can read about his candidacy. Looks like, um, you know, he's someone who's run for office multiple times. It looks like this is a older article from 2015. And then conversely, you can go and search for Lucy Inman and find, ooh, this one has a person wrote in a letter to the newspaper. So that's cool. So that's basically what I would do. Some newspapers are lined out where they have an elections of politics section. You can just click on that. Um, I will tell you not all search functions are created equal, but I highly encourage you to go that route, find the local newspaper, search the names, and get some of the information of articles written about them or letters written in from constituents about them. So quickly, easily get knowledge on who's running for office, why, what people are thinking, and then, you know, in the span of 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you know a lot of the candidates and how you may want to vote. And then really, 
maybe an hour more worth of time to actually read through some of the articles. You know, I, I did a little bit quick for going through the ballot prep, but, you know, an hour of your day and you're prepared for the election and you're going to know pretty quickly what aligns with you in terms of what they're for because it's all laid out. That is the beauty of our modern age. It is not hard to quickly learn and find out the information you want about candidates. You just need to know where to look. And thankfully, there are wonderful websites that do that work for us. So that's the one thing you can do today is go out, go to vote 411, type in your address, and prepare a sample ballot. And then you kind of have the knowledge for November. Hope you all have a fantastic day. I will talk to you again next week. Excited to start bringing guests on to teach about various issues and really start to dive deep into the civics education side of Civics Undaunted. Have a lovely day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Civics Undaunted Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can you please head on over to podchaser.com and leave a rating or review? These ratings make a big difference and really help get our podcast noticed. So it would be much appreciated if you could go on over there. Civics Undaunted is a production of the Civics Institute, and it is produced and edited by Katie Kacharski. Please visit www.thecivicsinstitute.com to learn more. Thank you again for listening, and have a great day.